Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. Welcome into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. It is just me by my lonesome here for this first hour. Coach Lieberman going to jump in here. Uh, with us for the last two hours of the show here. An unseasonably warm day, a wonderful day uh, to get outside just a little bit. Feels really nice out there. Maybe it just, it all feels better uh, for people of, especially of my age and, and younger, uh, because of the announcement, the official announcement. I don't know how long people were uh, skeptics uh, or if there were skeptics that it would ever actually get done, uh, but we have officially received a word. Uh, that the NCAA football game from EA Sports is coming back this summer. I'm. I think it's perfect that the announcement for this came out the day after Valentine's Day, because this would be a a, a unwelcome Valentine's announcement. Hey, that honey. women across this country were about to lose their husbands and boyfriends for a very very long time sometime this summer when that game comes out. Because I'm here to warn everyone, uh, you are about to lose some modicum of respect that you have for your spouses and boyfriends and such uh, for the amount of time they're about to spend on this. People are are out of practice with this. They don't have the experience of the, the amount of effort, the amount of time that's going to be put in by people. And I'm not saying that women don't play the game too, but I just know guys do. There are going to be some summer NCAA football widows uh, this summer honey, for that game. Honey, cancel the summer vacation where I'm building up Louisville. They're going to be a powerhouse in about three weeks. Don't worry. Don't worry. But just cancel the vacation right now. I've got stuff to do. This program's not going to build itself. Uh, I will say before we get into it uh, to talk about it for just a little bit here, we do have a full show. Again, Coach Lieberman going to join us uh, for four uh, to six. We'll talk with Tyler Griever in the five o'clock hour. A lot to talk about uh, with with him. Chip Patterson going to join us uh, at three thirty from CBS Sports and the Cover Three Podcast, which is one of the best there is uh, out there right now. Uh, we'll talk with him about some of these off season trends uh, that are emerging in the world of, of college football, in particular uh, with coaches leaving uh, for other jobs and just sort of the general reorganization uh, of what's happening in college football. Uh, so we got a full one here, uh, but that announcement, it has to have been strategically done the day after Valentine's day. Cause I'm telling you, uh, if you nailed it yesterday, like if you did well yesterday, today might be the day to start laying foundation for if you're one of those who've been out of this for a while, 
uh, for buying whatever system you need to get to be in place uh, for this. Uh, you need to start uh, buttering up your wives and girlfriends and parents now uh, so that you will have all of the free time uh, necessary to enjoy uh, the return of one of our favorite things. I will never forgive whoever is ultimately responsible for the fact that we didn't get to enjoy a Lamar Jackson version of this game when it happened, uh, having endured several others, uh, like the w ridiculous players in the history of that game. Uh, but I'm, I will always be embittered that we didn't get that real time, at least. I, I asked Louie earlier uh, about that. Like, obviously, Lamar Jackson's like the first pick for, I, I'm going to guess, majority of the people about that game. Like, who's like one player that you like, like wish we didn't miss out on? Because obviously, Lamar, I was thinking on the defensive end, like Jalen Ramsey would have been a 99 since he was like a sophomore. Like, I, I, there's so many like names that like we missed out on. Baker Mayfield, yep. Patrick Mahomes, like all that. Oh, all of those, uh, absolutely uh, perfect. I mean, th those are Jadavian Clowney, right? Like he falls in that oh, window, yeah. right? I think he was the. He would have been the last, or no, he was before. Like they ended it the year before he had that crazy hit and went first overall. Yeah, so, so like in that window, like I'm here for all that, man. Like I would have loved every bit of yeah. So they ended it the summer of uh, 2014. Yeah, I think I think, the, I think Teddy's one. a senior in that season, or that or it's his last year here. It was like the last year of NCAA football. Yeah, th those easily. Uh, we didn't get a Johnny Menzel, I don't think. Right? I did we? I think he might have been on the tail I'm end. To remember where he? I think fell. we got Heisman Johnny, but we didn't get draft pick Johnny. Additional Johnny uh, out of that, but look, so much uh, time spent on that one, and of course, uh, in talking about all of this. Uh, it, one, it will be a lot more fun with the fact that that game gets to be explicit now. And I don't mean explicit like that. Uh, every edition of that game that we played for the longest time uh, had to kind of dance around and act like these weren't who these players were on this game. And I, I can remember uh, early on in doing media, it used to be one of the funniest things ever uh, to talk to players when that game would come out because it would they would get in there and the game would intentionally make it just close enough to the rosters as they exist, uh, to but just different enough to maintain plausible deniability. And so sometimes you get guys who be like, "Wait, I'm black now," you know, and you get other guys. I have dreadlocks now because they'd have to change it up just a little bit just to make it obvious. But then they would do stupid stuff like name formations, Tebow, and stuff like that. So they weren't exactly great at it. Uh, but like that was the sort of thing that they used to have to do. Now it's we're going to get to just sort of do this out loud with rosters and that sort of thing. And I think that will probably make it more fun uh, for folks. But I, I think people have forgotten just how much this was like the oasis in the middle of summer, right? Those those months when it comes to college football where we just trudge through, uh, waiting for football season to get here. And that game would come out like July, yeah, late June, early July, and then you'd be like. This will tide me over till they're at least practicing again in August, uh, and I, I'm gonna buy it. Do you? I do you I'm 45 you, years old. I'm gonna do it. Oh yeah, I'm doing it. You got. You have to for the nostalgia. First off, and, but uh, do you remember when Caleb Williams like came out and said he's like, oh yeah, I'm not signing up for that. Like I do. I don't want my name to be in there and ever. Like he he probably thought like, oh that that will teach a lot of people. Like they probably won't buy it. And everyone was like, yeah, we don't really care. Like we'll just change your name. On the ninety nine overall, you you USC QB like don't don't get don't get too 
don't don't get too cocky there, Caleb. No, that that's the funny. He is uh, that is a, a total miscalculation on his part. I remember when he came out and said that. I thought that was very funny because it betrayed one. He's very young, right? So he's twenty. 21 yeah 2021 20, so that that game was he didn't he didn't lay the track for that game right like that, that he hasn't lived that life at all but we didn't fall in love with that game because the player names were on there you know like that that's that wasn't our experience so you not being on there doesn't make a damn bit of difference buddy uh, that's not going to change one purchase uh, of that game at all but now we get to modernize it and i think the real question for ev- uh, for everyone is how much are you really going to enjoy your dude just leaving through the transfer portal, right? Like all the things that make life miserable for college football coaches, they're all going to be in there. You or someone you love sometime in July is going to sit down at their Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo Switch maybe, I guess, and you're going to – that person is going to sit down and say to themselves, they're going to have an internal dialogue, how do I raise some NIL here? for North Texas so that I can hold on to this kid because he wants to leave. So that that's one thing I used to do was I'd always grab or I'd always be a coordinator or head coach at like some bad school and then try and build up. Uh, like, are you going to do that where you like try and go and rebuild a team and then you get like this sick prospect and then he's transferring the next year? Like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I might just go straight to Louisville and like hopefully hold on to some people, but like, I don't know if I'm going to be going to North Texas just yet. I need to learn the game more. I got to, you know, get back to the basics and hopefully NIL. I'm actually very excited about that part, though, because we've never had that before. No, and I'm not really sure how much uh, they'll be able to work that in, right? Like, there's a limit to the realism of every game uh, like this, but it's the world that we are living in. I mean, one of the things we're going to talk about with Chip Patterson here at 3.30 uh, is about this uh, this epidemic of coaches just bailing, uh, and what's the appropriate way to react without overreacting? What are the what are, what's signal? What's noise uh, about all of that? You're going to have that if you want it to be as realistic as possible. Like that stuff's going to be in there. And I, the truth is, I'd be willing to bet you a whole lot of people are going to go in and turn a lot of that stuff off, right? Like the stuff that makes this more oh, difficult. Yeah. No, I'm here to make this fun. It's like turning off the salary cap on the old like Madden game and stuff like that. Like. I think you're going to get stuff like that, don't you? Yeah. There will there'll be some people that will get a little soft and be like, "Eh, it's too hard." No. It's part of it's part of the it's part of the lifestyle of being a coach. I've never been a coach, but I will be this summer. <laughs> oh, I had uh I I laughed my ass off. You know the Jenkins and Jones uh, the podcast that those guys do, which is hysterical. They were talking about this it was either yesterday or today. Uh, and, and one of them was saying, basically, like, I'm going to play that game and it's going to turn me into Dabo. And, and not in a good way. Like, it, playing that game and me having to be the head coach, I'm going to be like, what happened to loyalty? You know, like, what about men used to keep their commitments and all that, all the stuff that Dabo says, like, it's going to do that to all of us. We're going to turn all this crap off <laughs> almost immediately, oh, yeah. man. I don't care about what happens in real life. I'm trying to keep my team together on this game. And I can't look. I, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, the first thing I always did when I played, especially well, when it, once it became a factor, you know, the thing that you could do on there is I would just put all the teams at different conferences. Like I, I can't. I hate the way conferences are now, and I would go in and I would just completely redo almost all of them uh, to the way that I wanted them to be. And I think it would be funny 
if you could just get rid of conferences. Oh, now yeah. That, well, you want this damn thing to be realistic? Everyone's independent. Yeah, or just just put everyone in the league. Like, like, let me have the ability to just kill the Pac-12. Yes. Right? Like, I'm going to put everybody in another league, and then they're just gone. And this year, there is no Mountain West Conference. Whatever. Like, I, I want all of that uh, in there. Did you ever, like, play with somebody good and just sort of, hey, this, we're just going to be like the, the evil empire from start to finish? Or was it always, I'm going to build up? And if you did the build up, did you have a favorite? And, did, and, and the other part of that was, did you in some way become a fan of someone or at least find yourself sort of casually following them in real life because of the game? Um, I think it was Washington State was my team for some weird reason. I think they had like a really bad offense, and I did the thing where I, I built them up, and like I think I became a fan. And then it was during the time that they had Mike Leach. Mm. Is it Leach? Yeah, Leach. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god! Like this, this reminds me of me like six years ago. Like I, I was, I would have been that guy on the podium making jokes and all that stuff, and like. I th- yeah, no, it had to be it had to be Washington State for me though. That was my team. And then when I got here to in college, uh my buddy brought his Xbox 360 down with the uh NCAA 14 and me and him we we just built up Louisville like 10 straight championships. Like we were a powerhouse in my, in our world. So but yeah, Washington State is now one of my favorite school, like schools now for some weird reason. Yeah, I used to play uh, and try to build up various teams, and it, through uh, no good explanation whatsoever, uh, I came to always enjoy playing as North Texas and building them up, and Wyoming and building them up. And with North Texas, it was basically I think they were still really, really new when the when I was playing that game. Like they were new to Division One or FBS or whatever uh, at the time, and they were in Texas, so it was really easy to build them up just because of the. Uh, yeah, just uh, with the, the location uh, involved there. So I would always enjoy that. And then the truth is, I really just like the scenery with Wyoming. If I'm going to spend hours playing this game, having like the mountain backdrop and that sort of thing was always super fun for oh, me. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I love that. Uh, and so it was always one of those two. And I, you know what? I do find myself continuing now. Actually, I did kind of cheer for Boise State because I had a running back, I remember, that I made. And I literally picked Boise State because I was like, I want to play in the blue field. So I think I did kind of cheer for Boise State, too. But now that I'm thinking about all, like the field and like the atmosphere outside of it, or outside of the stadium, I think I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina as my uh, rebuild team because they got that teal field. I love I, My brother went there, so I kind of love Conway, like all that stuff. It's going to be awesome, though. I can't wait. Oh, I, I think it's going to be uh, super fun, uh, and it's. Go- I think people maybe underestimated just how how much of like a force that was for all of us as a way to sort of give everyone kind of a national ability to to see all the different things. That, like you don't see them in person, but the, the way they personalized and individualized everything—the fight songs and the mascots, the stadiums and what's around it and all that. I this is where I'm going to be old and you're not. I can remember the very earliest versions of that. I'm pretty sure had Louisville in old Cardinal Stadium. I, I think. Yeah, no, they did. They had the yeah, um, 07 maybe. They had the walkway and everything. Yeah, they had it in uh, NCAA 14. They didn't update it because I remember playing it like not like three years ago. We were like we were looking at it like 
Where's the Adidas Club? And we're like, oh wait, yeah. Oh no, no, buddy, I'm old. talking. I'm talking the very first versions of the game had oh. fairgrounds. Oh, 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 old. oh. yeah, never old. Mind. Cardinal yeah. Stadium. That's very funny for you. Old Cardinal Stadium is just like the stadium without all the other stuff. But that will be awesome too, right? Like I, I oh, think yeah. that will be that will be incredibly fun. I can't wait. Oh, I think it's going to be great. So I'm looking forward to that. And there are whole programs that matter in football now that didn't even exist. Like you just mentioned Coastal Carolina. We didn't talk about Coastal Carolina back then. We didn't talk about that at all. Absolutely not. Or Liberty. You know, or a oh, bunch yeah. of others, you know, who are real factors on FBS football now uh, that weren't before. I think w- what will be interesting to see is what we're having right now. Like, those things made that game fun for all of us and created, I think, a little bit of interest in what goes on in those places and some knowledge about what goes on in those places and the charm of those things. While, at the same time, out here in real life, all we're trying to do is make sure those teams don't matter at all. Like, real college football in 2024 is doing whatever they can to just dump on all of those programs. We're going to give them as little access as possible. We're going to lean into having as much a a financial advantage over all of them as possible. These rules, we're going to destroy those rosters every year. Like you, you are going to sometime in August, sit down and just raid middle Tennessee's roster. If you need to like that stuff's all going to happen. Uh, And it's just kind of a weird conjunction of those two things uh, sort of side by side, but that is what makes the game so fun. So, look, it's a silly thing to start off with, but I could not be more excited about this. 8150-939, if you want to jump in here, I'll get your thoughts uh, on any of that. Uh, we'll start with David. David, welcome you know into the drive, buddy. What's up? We live exactly the way it happens. How's it going? Sorry if there's carryover on my radio, but it's funny you talk about this topic. My wife, we're, we're open with money, um, and when we spend it, and she texted me about a month back, and she said, "Honey, I made a mistake. Uh-oh. I spent something on my sorority, so you've got you can go buy a new golf club." And I said, "Well, I just got a new set last year. I may hold off until summertime and get a new PS5. <sighs> I'm thinking there might be a new video game come out, or right around that time, I might really want to be getting a new system for." So I've been, uh, you know, excited knowing that that was already coming, and now kind of having those that day set but going back to what everything you said i did it i I changed ufl's conference i changed the schedule every year we went from a c minus schedule to an a plus just so i could go see the other stadiums and live that life and always recruited some punter that couldn't punt but yet somehow he had a 99 rating and passing i don't know how that happened (laughs) but uh yeah it was always fun i just i'm excited to do it not my theory was I bought the game every two years. That way it gave them a little bit of time to make some changes instead mm-hmm. of every single year. But uh, it's going to be crazy to see how they incorporate NIL as part of this. Sure. And I'm just excited for it. It's, it'll get me through the summer and Absolutely. get ready for the real thing. That's exactly right. Thank you, David. I appreciate uh, the call there. Yeah, it's going to be. that's exactly what this game was supposed to be for. It was, to sort of, it was a way of evangelizing everybody. That's, I think that's the right word for this. We're going to make everyone fans of everyone by having some fun with this game. And it kind of gave you a chance to have a little pseudo uh, bullying of, like, there's nothing I enjoyed more than beating Kentucky 173-6 to or something, right? Like, that was fun. And it, it gave you a chance to sort of enjoy that in a, in a way. It will be interesting. There will be nothing NCAA-related on here at all, right? Like, in terms of violations and stuff, this stuff almost doesn't even exist anymore. Uh 
But I will be fascinated to see just how – because there has to be an element of this where it's like I want it to be just unrealistic enough that I could dominate it. Right? Like I'm not trying to go 500 on this game. Yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't. No. I, I came here to win. <laughs> I want it to be just realistic enough for me to feel like I am actually dominating without it being all that hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to play all of you. I want to start playing people online as soon as that comes out. I used to – man – I had a really good friend. We used to we used to play a dynasty together. He'd be one team, I'd be one team, and we would like we would have it out yeah. playing those games. It's embarrassing. I'm glad Angela never got to see me do any of that. <laughs> she would think less of me right now, but it's coming back. I should probably start warning her for that too. You remember you all know, the things I tell my kids not to do? I did all that. Stuff. <laughs> remember that man you never met? He's coming back. <laughs> That's right. He's coming back too. <laughs> I'd be like Derek. It's been a long time. Let's go, man. Who are you gonna be? All right, so who are you going to play with first? Who, who's the first team you're going to start a dynasty with? Oh, well, Louisville, but um, I, I think I'm going to go with my pick earlier, Coastal Carolina. I think they had that little re- – they, they started winning games, and now they kind of fell off. They lost their coaches. Grayson McCall's gone, so I'll probably pick up what they are losing on, I guess. So Coastal Carolina is my pick. They also have a cool stadium, so why not? See, I think that that is one of the cooler parts of the game was the experience of – Really, I think it was kind of a simulated experience of being in other stadiums and seeing what those are like. And and really, I think it gave you a real uh, chance to appreciate whatever is kind of the unique little charm of every place, which is what we kind of used to like about college football. And it is still one of the things we like about college basketball for as long as they leave it alone, is that we learn about all of these little off-the-wall places off the beaten path places and what's unique about them and what makes them different and why they matter to the whole thing. Even as, like I was saying earlier in real life, we're really kind of kill a lot of these off. Do you think this game will help bring back NCAA basketball? See, now that's a great question. And and the, I I believe I understand correctly, like that the backstory with the basketball game, which was much shorter lived was that it was because they don't wear helmets, you know, because, the ability for them to correspond to who they were in real life was a problem. It was a lot harder to fake it with basketball players, right? Yeah. Because we see their faces, we see their bodies, all that sort of thing. And there's tons of them, oh, you yeah. know, 350 or 62 teams or whatever it is in division one. Now that we don't have to fake it, I would hope that there's a chance to, to bring that back. Cause every, uh, every March, like since I've gotten here, I, I dust off, the ps2 and i get i get that going every every march i i always get myself excited i always have, my team there was university of san diego actually it's kind of funny go toros yeah that's all look that was also incredibly fun uh and you can bet your ass i'm gonna do that sort of thing too like i'm gonna go win a uh, a national championship with uh stetson or something or bellerman right like how fun would that be to build bellerman up into like a regional power or something on that game like that stuff's Yes, I would hope so. If I ever picked Bellerman, I would, out of respect of Scotty D, I would, I would not customize my coach. I'd keep him the same, out of respect, because that guy deserves it. Texture says, "Do you notice the title of the game? It was EA College Football, not NCAA College Football." Absolutely, yeah, because now the agreements and everything are different. You know, it used to be that the NCAA owned and had full uh, sovereign control over the name, image, and likeness rights of everyone Which, and so if you wanted to make the game you made the deal with them and now it's that's not how it is and I, I look the players are going to benefit from it 
now you have there's literally no moral conflict whatsoever uh, in playing this game and, and buying it, and I, I hope it does better than before. So besides Louisville, who's your dynasty team you're going to pick and try and play with? Yeah, I'm not sure that I want to do uh, North Texas uh, or Wyoming <laughs> this time, especially because of how much I dumped on Josh Allen. A number of Texas remember me, see, you were a Josh Allen fan, which is fair. Uh, so, like, for me, I don't really know uh, which way I would go uh, there. I, I'm, maybe one of the teams that's new, like we were saying just a little while ago, uh, since uh, since the last one came out. Yeah. Uh, but something like, hey, maybe Coastal Carolina would work. Uh, I also, I should mention also, I'm a Tampa kid, uh, and I do, well, I will occasionally sort of take a break from whatever I'm doing and do a USF dynasty and build that up. Uh, and it was always fun because you played in Raymond James uh, Stadium yeah. where the Bucks played. Like, I, so that might be one uh, that I do. And I would enjoy beating the hell out of Central Florida all the time uh, on that, which is just an added benefit. Do, do they add UCF's banner? <laughs> you have the option to, right? <laughs> At the end of the year, declare a national championship. Just put one oh on there. Oh, my God, I would do it. Oh, listen, I'm going to change <laughs> the conferences how I want them. Uh, I, I suppose this one will have the 12-team playoff on it. Yeah, which, I, I, which will you, be you fun. Expect that, yeah. I would think so uh, as well. So this is a texture said we need to do a uh, Call of Duty recon style mission when you go steal signs like on stallions. The problem <laughs> with stealing signs is they everyone's about to approve helmet communications. Uh, signs are are going to be gone, uh, or they're at least going to be as diminished as they are in the NFL, which is not much. Was it you, Ennis, that tweeted? Someone was like, "Hey, what should be the uh, mm-hmm. the cover?" And you, po- yeah, it was Connor you. Stallions. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> listen. There's nobody more relevant from last year than that guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> it sucks. Harbaugh's gone, but uh, yeah, Connor Stallions on there would be would be fantastic. How about do you think that there will be some way that they will try to uh, work in there this thing that's happening that we'll talk with uh, Chip Patterson here about uh, in a little bit with coaches just bailing for assistant coach jobs elsewhere? Uh, I mean, maybe, but I don't think it will be like as big as like Chip Kelly, like the UCLA head coach going to Ohio State. It'll be more like Tulane's head coach or something going to Ohio State, kind of like for an example. But I don't think it will be head coaches, but. It would be very, very funny if they did put that in the game. <laughs> Texture texted in and said, what if Cincinnati only has one play on offense on this game? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Like, you play as a, whatever team Scott Satterfield coaches, right? And, like, no matter what you do, it's just a run to the short side of the field. Like, it doesn't matter what buttons you push. Doesn't matter what you try to choose. Like you get up to the line, this quarterback is checking to that play. All right, Cincinnati, you've won the coin toss. What do you? What do you elect? Oh yeah, we're just gonna kick. <laughs> Where's my kickoff? Where's my kickoff play? <laughs> I can't run it on a punt. What are you talking about? Oh, I cannot wait uh, for this Texas just to head to Tampa tomorrow uh, from Fort Myers for some Louisville baseball. That is a uh, that's a short drive. Good for you. you tell Matt McGavick that we said hello. Uh, while you're down there, texture giving me a hard time for letting UK score six on me. It would always piss me off, Tanner. It would always be one janky touchdown. It would drive me crazy. Oh, yeah. And on the older versions of the game, you would have like the Matrix-like middle linebacker, you know, who'd be able to get like 40 yards downfield in cover two and, and leap and make these ridiculous interceptions that never happen in real life. And you'd be like, man, I guess this game can only be so realistic. <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah. I just hope I just hope EA Sports they take all the budget from Madden, and I think it's a small budget because they haven't changed that game at all. Yeah, and just put it all and double down on this game because the people want it. They've 
They've been begging for a better Madden, but I think all the Madden players would be okay with like, hey, we got a really good college football game here. So I think, or I wish they can just put all eggs in one basket, make this game amazing. Uh, I think what will be interesting to watch in real life and maybe give us all the tiniest bit of a taste of what life is like for head coaches is will the recruiting part of this overwhelm the game and how will they incorporate recruiting high school kids versus recruiting out of the portal? Because there were games that had the transfer portal. There had transfers in there, but they had to sit and it was just a couple and I, I, that will, I think, will be interesting. And will you be able to, but hear me out here, tamper, right? Like you play somebody and that dude is really good. You're like, I'm going to get that guy. Let's, let's bring that guy and get him yeah. a burger. Let's call his high school coach. Get Harbaugh going. <laughs> yeah. Let's call his uncle and see if he's interested in coming up here after this season. Well, I don't really remember being able to, like, go into the portal and, like, pick out guys. I just remember, like, occasionally it'll be like, hey, newcomers, and it'll be like a kid from Purdue or something would come in kind of thing, like – but I am very excited about the transfer portal part, too. Yeah, I think I'm going to pull a Deion Sanders kind of thing. And kind of, I kind of like Jeff Brom. And just try and get in all the transfers and kind of wait last second for all the high school recruits. But yet again, I'm so excited, man. I was I was fist pumping this morning when I saw that. Yeah, I always enjoyed that uh, kind of Christmas Day kind of thing where you would sign an athlete. right? You'd win a recruiting battle for a highly rated athlete. And then when it was time to put him somewhere. They had to, like, declare his position. You'd try him in different places, right? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, that's what he's awesome at. Turns out this guy's a wide receiver or a safety or a quarterback or whatever, right? Like, I loved that. All right, let's uh, take a quick break here. When we come back, Chip Patterson from CBS Sports and the uh, Cover 3 podcast, we'll talk with him uh, about uh, all of these things that we're trying and hoping will be incorporated into the game that are happening in real life. On the other side here, on the drive on 95 The Bill, Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.
You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive on 93.9 The Ville. Happy to be joined now by Chip Patterson, CBS Sports and the Cover 3 Podcast, one of the best coverages of college football you will get anywhere with that cover three podcast and we really enjoy anytime we can have chip on here thanks for doing this on short notice buddy how's everything going everything's going well i appreciate the kind words hope y'all are doing all right we're doing uh, just fine up here i gotta say since the coaching carousel continuing to spin being blamed almost entirely upon you uh and this being a fan base that is uh, nothing short of uh, traumatized over decades by the coaching carousel when it comes to football, uh, at least getting to sit this out and not really even seeing Jeff Brom's name be brought up for stuff. This is pretty fun for us, Chip. We're kind of enjoying it right now. Hey, you deserve it. You know, y'all really do. You know, you, you, you get to have, you know, Mick is the pick, right? Like you get <laughs> to have your eyes focused on, on the, uh, the getting, getting everything with the coaching carousel on the hoop side of things. You can sit this never ending carousel out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when we uh, we thought after Sharon Moore was promoted that the coaching carousel was done, and on a Cover 3 podcast at the end of every coaching carousel, we do a recap episode, and I said it was the end of the coaching carousel, and, and Tom Fernelli said, I really wish you would stop saying that. It's probably going to go forever. And daggum it, all the way to this Thursday morning with Sean Elliott stepping down as Georgia State head coach to go be an assistant for South Carolina. Well, now Georgia State is open. Now... Does that mean that we were doing uh, we're going to do emergency podcasts when Georgia State figures out who the next head coach is? No, probably not. But um, yeah, it's it's wild from Jeff Halfley to Chip Kelly uh, now all the way to Sean Elliott. We've we we thought we were done, and I, it turns out we're just going to keep spinning the coaching carousel forever. Now there was a rush of folks uh, eager to tell everyone that this uh, Sean Elliott decision was because of his sort of. Uh, fed up exasperation with the uh, life as a, a group of five coach in the age of the portal and NIL. And I suspect that there's probably some truth to that. And then some use of that as useful cover for guys uh, doing what Bud Elliott, your uh, partner there uh, consistently calls resetting the clock uh, for some of these coaches who aren't winning uh, a lot. And I think that covers almost everybody we've talked about to some extent, how much of this is, is really, they just hate this kind of life now with what we've done and how much of this is we're not doing very good and this is good moral cover for me. Can I be funny and unserious first and then be serious? Okay. So I think that he showed up um, and he got through a couple days of spring practice, which is true, and he said, nope. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's messed up. They had started spring practice. Now he's out. And I saw it suggested as like, what if he just got out there, looked at spring practice? I mean, what you and I have looked at is Bill Connolly's returning production rankings where they're 129. I mean, this is going to be a team that was not going to be competitive. Um, I mean, it's, it's messed up for the players, the timing of it all. Um, I, I think, to answer your question seriously, there's two things that have to happen at the same time. Number one... Um, I do think that the, uh, there, are, there are coaches who are tired of being in a developmental program. And I think that for Georgia State, this should obviously hit home for y'all because Sean Elliott was probably really excited about Jamari Thrash when he was catching passes mm. for the Panthers. Yep. And then he's gone. Um, I think that coaches, especially ones like Sean Elliott, who have been at the Power 5 level, 
are frustrated um, at the growing gap, the inability to retain your best talent. And, you know, if you're going to pour all this time into your evaluation process, your development process, coach them up, and then just see them go. I mean, I just, I think there are some coaches that are not going to, not going to sign up for that. Now, yes, like transfer portals packed into that. NIL is packed into that. The growing separation, not just within the power five and the group of five, but within the power five, you know, that's where we get the Boston college example with Jeff Hathaway. Um, I, I do think that all that's there, but there's also this for the Sean Elliott situation. And I'm going to lean on Bud. He said this on the Cover 3 podcast, so um, I'm, I'm repeating it to you as though a listener was able to tell it or you heard it later today. But he said that uh, Sean Elliott's family, based on the fact that his kids are still in high school in Columbia, it seems as though his home is still in Columbia, South Carolina, a home he made when he was a longtime South Carolina assistant coach no one-time interim coach for the Gamecocks. And so uh, what Bud said on the podcast was that he was not traveling with the team because he was trying to make sure that he was able to attend as many sporting events as possible. It seems like this is a man who, on top of all the other things we've discussed that are big picture, his home is still Columbia, South Carolina. So if everything is mounting and you're going into a year when you feel like you might be fired, you get an offer to go be an assistant coach uh, at a Power 5 school in the SEC and work the, at the place where you keep your home, you take that job. It's better for you. It's better for your family. So the personal side of this has me not going hard on the big-picture ramifications, but I do think that it is not totally far off from the narrative that we've seen build from all these moves. You know, it's it's funny we talk about college football becoming more and more like the pros uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, but even in the pros, Chip, a coach can't do this. Like, th- there's a, 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 a season. You can't just be like, no, nah, I'm going to that team now. Like, even that's not really allowed in this. How close are we to, to making, like, real structural changes that might address any of this that's just driving coaches crazy? So you think um... – the are you saying like I think it's messed up that the coach would start spring practice and leave and go take another coaching job and I don't know what you can do to defend yeah. against that now can we address the reasons why it's happening and the overall structural stuff um, yeah I think that that's where everyone's just gamed it out to uh, you know the only way the based on the way that things are going we are so far down the path of awarding. Uh, unlimited transfers and, you know, being able to choose where you go, you know, just as much as anyone else could if they were, you know, on campus. Like we've, we've built out so much to enhance the athlete's power without giving them compensation. Right. And yeah. so that's when everything is, has gotten gamed out where, okay, well, the only way you're going to get any of that back is with compensation and collective bargaining. And, that could happen, I don't know, four years down the line. But we are going through some real growing pain. Like we are – college football, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to fit, whether this is like more puberty or menopause or what. But, like, this is an era of four to five years where voices are cracking, we're having hot flashes, bodies ache. Like it, it is a true growing pain era for college football. A lot of us dream of what it looks like on the other side. Um, and we try to come up with, you know, ways to make it all check out and get there. But the truth of the matter is it's just going to be a little bit ugly. 
And I think that where we are right now, where we've awarded so many freedoms to the athletes because they've been denied a piece of the pie for so long, it's like you're overcompensating. But then in awarding all these freedoms to the athletes in terms of being able to move around, that we've created a, an environment where the, the coaches are, are really starting to, you know, f- feel like the weight is a little bit too much to, uh, to stay in the game. You know, we've, we've had two, as we're talking with Chip Patterson from CBS Sports, the Cover 3 podcast here, Chip, we've had two kind of parallel uh, dynamics uh, developing here with, which are with group of five head coaches leaving to become coordinators at other jobs in college football and then just coaches all over college football leaving for the NFL. Which of those two seems more worrisome to you for the future of college football? The group of five coaches stepping down to go and be coordinators uh, somewhere else is further you know, proof to me of the growing separations that we have, and that might even be within the Big Ten Conference. I mean, Chip Kelly was restarting the clock, and Chip Kelly might have been a little bit frustrated with the current state of college football, and he might not have been interested in doing what you need to do to get your NIL war chest up in terms of going to do all the fundraising stuff and playing those kind of games. Yeah, he, that very well may be true, but um, you know, there's just a that shifting is, I think, showing how far we are from the idea that 133 college football programs are in the same division, and so I would say that's probably more worrisome. My the NFL side of this, uh, my perspective changed a lot when you just remember there's not that many jobs in the NFL, like they. You can't lose all of your college football coaches to the NFL because there's only 32 teams. There's only so many jobs. We don't have any Nick Sabans with a million polos in the NFL. You know, they tend to keep a, a little bit more of a structured operation in terms of employment. You know, I just, I, I really think that those examples might have been a little bit more unique to who was involved in this past cycle. It is much more about the, the movement within college football itself from group of five to power five, or even within the power five, the coaches are being willing to be demoted because they're unhappy dealing with a situation where they feel like there is no way they're ever going to be able to get up and compete against the best teams in their league. Which uh, team living a new reality next year? Because we've got oceans of teams moving conferences uh, as we, we engage in all of that. And a 12-team playoff. Which team that's a, that's kicking off spring football here in the next several weeks, getting ready for their first year in some new league, are you most intrigued by? Not necessarily think we'll do the best or, or anything like that, but just like, man, I can't wait to see how that goes for them. The Oregon Ducks. Okay. I think it's the team. I think it's the team on the move, other than Texas, with the highest ceiling, and they are uh, incredible masters of getting you excited about stuff. But Dan Lanning and even Mario Cristobal before him, they've had really, really good teams falling short short in some really big games. Um, And I'll tell you that the Big Ten and the Big Ten schedule is one that will expose Hmm. um, any any lack of – if it's all – up top, and you can't really back it up with um, with sort of like your full arsenal, and then the Big Ten will definitely expose that. 
I think it's the highest ceiling. I think Oregon can play at a level where they are competing for national championships, deep runs in the playoff, uh, in a power ranking format. I would put them behind Ohio State, but ahead of Penn State. And I don't know what I'm doing with Michigan right now. But hmm. it is also a team that, I mean, they lost to Washington twice last year. You know, like in a lot of really big games the year before. Remember when Oregon State ran the ball 45 times in a row in the Civil War at the end of the 2022 season? Yes. Oregon had a chance to make it into the Pac-12 title game, but they couldn't get a daggum stop. Yeah. Like there have just been a couple of moments where they've come up a little bit short with everything seemingly moving in the right direction. I think they've got national championship ceiling, but they could be 8-4. and four. And how they play in those biggest games are going to decide that. So Oregon's probably the one that gives me the most interest. Oklahoma would have been it if they hadn't like broken the seal on not being great. Um, it's like the six and six season, like kind of being like good but not awesome this past year. I think at least introduced a new ceiling and floor for the Sooners because the pass off from Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley. You know, when you're just doing 11, 12 wins every single year, it was going to be like, you know, jumping into an ice bath and doing a cold mm. plunge if you went from that to playing in the SEC. But I'm less concerned or, I guess, intrigued on that point just because the Sooners' reality already shifted in the changeover from Lincoln to Brent, where now I think if they land in the SEC, their win total seven seven and a half at 7-5 and five or 8-4. and four. Either way, I don't think we're talking about anything that's going to be like a – a big celebration or a big disappointment. So, yeah, give me, give me Oregon to the Big Ten because it is a team that over the last two seasons has looked electric and at the same time come up short in some big spots. And I think that the schedule is getting tougher. What do you, uh, before we let you get uh, out of here, uh, listen to yesterday you guys were talking about the various portal classes, and I, I want you to know that I texted Bud directly and called him a hater. Uh, for for yeah. for being dismissive of Louisville's uh, transfer class, but uh, uh, just uh, your overall thoughts on the off season that Louisville's had, uh, trying to replace in a lot of cases uh, some pretty prominent players from a team uh, that overachieved last year. It seems like there's overall uh, some awfully positive vibes coming out of this, uh, and some pretty high expectations for next year too. Yeah, one hundred percent. The um, the they gamed out. All or they they delivered on everything that you and I gamed out going into the season, which was like, look, if this 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 and this, then like, yeah, they could all of a sudden find themselves in the ACC championship game, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. There's the schedule obviously is going to get difficult because that's how schedule rotations work. Not as difficult since everything got messed up by SMU and Stanford and Cal, but in terms of the the portal class, you know. Have to look at the way that not just like not just your Jamari Thrash, you know, not just your your high end flash guys, but you have to look at the player evaluation and and how they were able to hit on some key guys in last year's big portal class and apply some of logic towards looking at this one, um, where you are evaluating not just who they are as a player at the place they were, but what they can be and who you are you know, how they can fit your scheme and how they can fit in what you want to do. It, you've got a head coach who's just got such a clear view offensively of what he wants to be and what kind of players he needs to make that work. I, I honestly am going through just giving a, a, a thumbs up to a lot of this on reputation. I do think that when you are going through with a 26-player class or so, 
you're going to eventually hit the Mike Norvell zone, which is, as uh, I'm sure the fans are like, all right, you know, like, that's awesome. But, hey, hey, let's also get, in addition to these top five portal classes, how, how about a how about a highly ranked, you know, recruiting class out of high school? How about some guys that can show up and we get to see play for, you know, two, three years and, and sort of let a core, a group sort of build up together? But in terms of being able to continue the momentum, which was so important, you know, I've you know, I remember Bron- Jeff Brown talking about that at ACC football kickoff when he understood the expectations. I think I wrote about it as much, too. Like, mm-hmm. he was acknowledging there's a lot of pressure to win right away, and he delivered that. So that's awesome. And now I think you see them being able to go right back to the portal, huge class, a lot of good fits for what they want to do because they just they can't let up on the momentum. The schedule's getting more difficult. Win total probably goes down. But my expectation is that the overall quality is going to be still really high. Yeah, regarding that pressure, I can still remember him saying at halftime of the Georgia Tech opener, his daughter was in the tunnel and crying. And she said, Dad, if if we lose, I'm not going to have any friends at school. And he said, Honey, we lose. I'm not going to have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) Chip Patterson, CBS Sports and the Cover 3 Podcast. You're the best, man. Look forward to talking to you again soon, buddy. Thank you. Sounds good. Y'all be well. All right, Chip Patterson, good stuff uh, from him. Uh, and look, it, it's uh, it's an interesting thing that has only started happening within the last couple of years, but I was listening to them have this discussion a little bit earlier, and I think I had underestimated or undercounted and under-realized just how many coaches had bailed from wherever they were for what is at least on paper or organizationally a, a step down, you know, a, a, a demotion. Head coaches becoming coordinators, head coaches leaving for the NFL, but to be position coaches and coordinators and that sort of thing. Uh, I don't know that anything can be done about it. I think what's really happening is there's been kind of a reorganization and that what you're seeing is coaches figuring out now, okay, if this is how it is, I'm in the wrong place. And that we're just going to see, I think, some really disruptive movement. I think what what did he describe it as? Kind of a, a college football having a, either either adolescence or menopause, one or the other. Uh, puberty was already used. Yeah, p- uh, puberty yeah. for for the new era of what we're doing here. Yeah, that does kind of make some sense. It. I don't know that it has really sunk in, Spencer. Just how different everything's going to look next year. Oh, it. Like like you said, the coaching change. Like I was reading a Stuart Mandel's article on the athletic where he did like coaching grades, um, and I'd like completely forgotten that Jonathan Smith, Oregon State's head coach last year, had made the move to East Lansing to become Michigan State's head coach. Just completely forgot about that because of the second wave of coaching realignment, the coaching carousel. But yeah, with like conference realignment, we said Chip Kelly obviously is the ultimate example, going from a head coach at UCLA. But I like what Chip said where he's like. He kind of resets that clock, which we we've seen that before. You know, Satterfield going to Cincinnati, uh, Mike White leaving Florida basketball to go to Georgia basketball. We've seen coaches try to reset that clock per mm-hmm. se, but yeah, this is going to be such a weird landscape that I just was not expecting. Yeah, and it has happened fast uh, with with college football, and I guess I really had forgotten that you know Buffalo's coach, and, and I remembered Sean Lewis, and, and I think I'd almost forgotten him because he took that coordinator job and then got a head coaching job really quickly after that. Uh, this really is happening all over the place. Uh, but that the Sean Elliott situation, the guy didn't even live there and didn't move his family there, and he'd been there for years. So is he just renting a property out there for yeah. a few years? And, and in my experience, that's never a great thing. Because I can remember in 2018, 
Bobby's staff was, you know, cobbled together. And I can remember being telling, uh, being told, you know, a lot of these guys never moved their families here. A lot of them are renting, like uh, Lonnie Galloway, one of the offensive coaches. His he was renting, and his family never moved here. I could understand if you're, you know, a coordinator that like you're only planning on being there for a year, and you, like um, who's the guy that Western Michigan, Lance Taylor? Like if he had yeah. you know rented a property here, because he's like, look, I've been in the NFL, I've been other places, I don't expect to be here long term. I could get that to a degree, but if you're the head coach, that doesn't bode well. If you're not, you know, owning a house or you know, trying to set up your family in this area because that's where you know you plan on being for the long term. You would think at least. Hey, we didn't get to uh, to talk to you about it very uh, right at the very beginning here, but how excited are you for the return of NCAA football? Oh, I'm very like I, I rarely play video games these days. Just gave my schedule and just I've just kind of lost interest in video games, but. I will be back when these games come back because that was, you know, in high school and and not so much college, like grade school and high school, just, you know, plug the Xbox 360 and just start playing the games. And I know we've discussed this before. I heard you talking earlier about, you know, Wyoming, North Texas. Mine was I had Eastern Michigan Dynasty and I had a Troy Dynasty that I just love doing. And for this year, it's going to be whoever the one-star schools are. Like, give me uh, – I know you guys said uh, Coastal Carolina earlier because they weren't yeah. in the last game. I, I need to see who the one-star schools definitely never do in Liberty for obvious reasons, yeah, sure. but um, I don't even, but yeah, just give me a school that um, is very lowly rated and just try to rebuild them up. That's always the the fun challenge. Who are the other ones that that have moved up recently? Oh gosh. Old Dominion, I think was in the very yeah. last, they were in the very last James game. James Madison. Though. James Madison's a good one. Yeah. I might, I, I might use them, even though they're kind of, you know, they've already shown their, uh, or Jacksonville state. They were last year, obviously, um, I'm trying to think who's making the transition this year, if there's any. But, yeah, that's a good point. There's these schools that did not make the cut last time that are now full-fledged FBS members. Because I know the last couple of years was like UTSA, Texas State made the jump up there yeah. and others. So, yeah, it does be cool. Like, if you are an alum of those schools or a current student at those schools, like, I couldn't even play with this team growing up, and now I get a chance to utilize them in this video game. I wonder if uh, South Florida will – insist that their future stadium is put in there they uh, need to do some of stadium upgrades because that's something i've wanted in the game for a while oh that's an interesting idea like you just go, you'd be able to do it yourself like if your stadium gets like over capacity and like you sell out games you can opt to build a better stadium or even expand the stadium like you can't imagine all right we'll take a quick break here be right back uh, mark lieberman going to join us here for the rest of the show as well on the drive on i be right back 